Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Yeah, this for my dogs from the east to the west side. Rock it brown and orange with me, baby. Let's ride. Represent the land. Let them know. Tell them, here we go, brownies. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Welcome back, everybody, for a postseason edition of the Here We Go Brownies podcast. I'm Allie Heisman, coming at you live from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And joining with me, we have a special guest in addition to our normal host, Dustin out in Boise. Dustin, who we have? Bronco the Bulldog is making his his premier, premier, premier introduction. He's actually very calm, which I'm really surprised by. Uh, but everybody knows I have a bulldog. His name is Bronco. Um, but he wanted to say hello to the dog pound, as he should, because uh, he kind of looks like, you know, the mascot for the dog pound. Not not going to lie. But uh, he's a good dog, and he just wanted a little he wanted a little love tonight on the screen. So he said, all right. He deserves it. I've got Birdie. Uh, she's locked away in my room right now because uh, she's a little rambunctious this afternoon. So best that she uh, doesn't make an appearance tonight. Uh, nonetheless, we've got a lot to unpack for you tonight. Um, a lot of stories coming out of Cleveland right now. We're going to get into all of it. We're going to do a mock draft as we normally do here in the postseason. Uh, we're going to do some postseason NFL awards, all that fun stuff coming at you here later on in the program. But before we get into it, um, in case you missed it, a couple of weeks ago, we were fortunate enough to be on Channel 19 on Cribs in the Joshua Maria Cribs former Browns legend, uh, and we finally got that link back, and we'd like to share it with you all. Before we do that, we just want to extend our gratitude to, of course, Josh and Maria Cribs. Um, they were amazing. Please go check out their show. It is so much fun to watch. And Channel 19 News. Without further ado, Cribs in the Clean. Josh and Maria live. Welcome back to the show. Now, our next two guests are huge Browns fans. Yes, they so are. much so that they created their own podcast called Here We Go Brownies. Here that we go. Familiar, right? <laughs> That's right. Welcome to the show, Ali Song and Dustin Cook. What's up, guys? Hey, you welcome guys, welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. No problem. Now, look, first things first. Like, we got to just get this out the way. Do either of you own a Cribs jersey? I do. Oh, because yeah, I'm about to get yeah. it. They go to commercial. She's we about to try to walk I know, out of here. Happy birthday, Ali. <laughs> oh, you had a birthday? Thank you so much. Oh, happy birthday. What's that? That's a uh, Capricorn, isn't it? I don't know the Oh, side. yeah. Happy birthday, girl. <laughs> now, look, okay, hold on. Now, let's, let's get to the real deal. The podcast, Here We Go Brownies. How did it all come to be? Well, a few years ago, almost three years ago at this point, uh, I was living in Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, oh, um, from Northeast Ohio originally, but, you know, I'm, I'm born and raised, you know, born and raised a Browns fan, moved down south, realized I was missing something, so I decided to start a podcast. I was doing it solo for a while, and I was taking some calls one day, and in calls Dustin, out in Boise, Idaho, Thank of all places, I answer I it, he comes on with some hot takes, and the rest is history. Oh, I love yeah, it. That's good. Browns I, fans all across the country. Yeah, now, <laughs> you, you guys have had some big-name players on your show. Uh, who was your favorite Browns player, Ooh. you know, to, become, to be To be on, on the podcast, show? right. You ain't got to say it if you don't want to. I don't want you to put nobody yeah. under the bus. But yeah, who were some of the guys some you enjoyed? Some of the funnest interviews. Yeah, there yeah. you go. You know, I would, Allie, I would say uh, Demetri Felton was a great interview. He, mm. he had a he brought a lot of a lot of fun to the interview. Uh, uh, 
you'll find this interesting. One of our biggest interviews we ever had was with Clay Matthews. Um, and it was right, literally, I was in Kansas City. Allie was in Myrtle Beach right after the loss to the Chiefs. And to try to do that interview emotionally in check was probably the most challenging show we've ever done. What do you think, Allie? Oh, I absolutely agree. That was probably my favorite. Um, he brought so much insight and perspective just from a playoff perspective uh, from his playing days. And it was just a cool time to really be able to interview such a legend. But you mentioned it, Dustin. Demetric Felton brought the energy. Tommy Togiai. Uh, of course, we love our guy, Porter Gustin, who's a great friend of the program. So we've got to see everybody from some of the legends to some of the rookies. So just a wide variety of perspective from Browns players. Now, I have a question. Now, you guys are both Browns fans. Do you keep it real? Because I'm only asking because it seems like when Josh talks about his beloved it. Browns, I knew it. he can never say anything wrong. And she, I'm like, really, Josh? We're going to go there, Josh? He calls so, me the company man. <laughs> so do you guys keep it real? Or real. is it more of a fan and a fun and loving, let's support them? So my, my idea coming into this, when I launched the podcast, was to be as creative yet informative, but as unbiased as possible from a fan perspective. Mm. So that's what we try to do. We try to take off our orange and brown colored glasses as much as we can. We <laughs> love our brownies, of course. Of course we do. But at the same time, we try to be as unbiased as possible. Sometimes we succeed, sometimes we don't. Dustin, I, I, I know that it's difficult, you know, especially for me. Um, I, again, like, I, I understand. I try to be unbiased, but I give disclaimers. I said, look, I'm, I'm biased, but I can give you a reason why um, Baker should be the quarterback still. And, and it's nobody else out there. Who are we going to get? And, and he's the best guy. He led us to the uh, playoffs. We haven't been there. So I can give you great reasons why to make you say, hmm, but I am biased. Dustin, how do you get over that? How do you, how do you not be become biased when you obviously are? It's tough. I will tell you, it's a very tough get to do because you want to be there for the fans because, you know, we, to, as, to your point, we've only made the playoff once in the last two decades, right? So a guy like Baker comes in and he's there for four years, right? So you're like, look, we've had a quarterback starting for the same year, four years in a row. So you want to support that guy. But then to Allie's point, you try to take the glasses off and pull the lens back and go, okay, you know, is this going to work long term? You know, so we try to be really real and fair. And based on our comments, we try to break tallies went pretty level headed when we do these interviews um, or do fan interactions. We take call in so people can call in and vent. We call it uh, if they win, people are cheering. If they don't, they're, you know, ready to, you know, throw something Everybody out. heartbroken. I'm sorry yeah. to cut you off. You know, we almost got to go. Now, you give away weekly prizes. How can our viewers yes. get in on this and tell us how can they get onto the podcast and listen? What platforms are you on? Allie, go ahead. Take it away. Yeah, so all they have to do is participate. Um, we do all sorts of different types of contests, interactions, photo contests. Uh, so we're on Facebook at official uh, Go Brownies, official Here We Go Brownies, on Twitter at, at Go Brownies Live, and we're on all platforms. Here We Go Brownies podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, that's where we live. All right, Ali, Dustin, Love thank it. you guys so much. Here We Go Brownies. Here we go, Brownies. We got, what, one more game? Yeah. All right, we got to send those prayers out. Look. I'm coming on the <laughs> show. Forget that. Come on, go on the show. Go on the Podcast, Josh, we got more crazy to CLE. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I'm a How great was that? We did pretty good. And I got to be honest, Allie, for me, getting my butt up early in the morning, I, uh, you know, I, I, I had my uh, milk and I was good to go. Coffee. Yeah, yeah, Dustin drinks milk. But you know what? Nonetheless, we were so excited to be able to go on. It was an absolute pleasure. They're amazing. Uh, so please go check them out. Uh, thanks, Josh and Maria. And as you heard, we got to get Josh Cribs on the show. He said it himself. 
Um, Dustin, obviously, um, you know, let's get started with uh, the not so great news that came out of Cleveland with the Malik McDowell situation. I'm going to turn it over to you uh, to kick it off with that. Um, I kind of want to stick to what we know. I don't want to speculate anything. It's kind of one of those things where you kind of hope for the best, prepare for the, the worst. But, you know, just get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I've seen like different reports. Um, he was naked, obviously, uh, found in Florida. Um, I don't know the exact city, Allie. Maybe you do where he was in Florida. Um, but just, I don't know, like, you know, there's facts come out. He was near a kid's center. You know, there's conflicting reports. Was he in the kid's center? Again, I'm not sure what was going on with him, but clearly at the wrong place at the wrong time in the wrong situation. Um, and you never want that to be the face of your franchise of coming out on ESPN.com and all that. And of course, everybody that knows me is like, Hey, have you checked ESPN? Yeah. I was like, yeah, I knew 30 minutes ago. So it's like, Probably not Brown anymore. I mean, probably not going to be with the Cleveland Browns anymore. Let's call it for what it is. Um, we knew he was high risk, high reward uh, in the past. You know, we took a chance on him. And, you know, whatever he's mentally dealing with, I hope him the best. Um, and I just hope that he can move on with some, you know, some help in his life, you know, with this. And, um, you know, the Browns just missed on this and they have to move on and, it's going to be the next man up or whoever they would be taking his place. But we knew this when we, when we when we got him, you know, in free agency, we knew that. So it's just one of those unfortunate situations, right? It, it's uh, if you're a Bucks fan, you kind of feel the same way with AB, right? They didn't think you would, that was going to happen in the middle of a football game. And no, he's no longer there. He's no longer a buck. So um, we don't know what's going on with him, but I just wish him the best. And hopefully um, he can move on from this in his personal life. So. Yeah, of course. Wishing him, you know, thoughts, prayers to get himself right. Um, you, you do have to ant anticipate that there is probably a separation. Um, he probably will not be a Cleveland Brown going forward. You have to anticipate that that's the way that this is going to go. Um, and with that, Dustin, it creates a new glaring need. We knew mm -hmm. that the interior of the defensive line was going to be an area of concern this offseason that would be addressed, but now you have to address it in more of an attack fashion. You know, this becomes wide receiver, I would say, is 1A. Defensive tackle now becomes 2A. Yeah, you know, 1B. Mm -hmm. You have 1A, 1B. It's it's uh, both mm -hmm. are, are very dire um, because if we look at it at the way that the roster looks right now, we'll do a full dive here in a few, but in the wide receiver room, Jarvis Landry, Anthony Schwartz, Demetri Felton, Donovan Peoples-Jones, defensive line, Miles Garrett, Jordan Elliott, Tommy Togiai. Right now, um, that's, you know, you, you really have to address that. Um, we're going to get into that later on in the program, but of course, wanted to address that head on. Yeah. Um, another one, uh, you know, maybe a more positive, Baker Mayfield uh, had his surgery today to re uh, repair the torn labrum, uh, which was a successful surgery. Uh, he posted a video on social media, basically thanking the doctors um, and, you know, saying he's going to come back stronger than ever. So, uh, you know, well wishes to Baker during this recovery time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he had a good positive attitude about it. It seemed like um, I always tell people when people kind of fall to the bottom and they rise from the ashes, those are the people to be scared of. <laughs> and I always say, we may be seeing something from Baker as we move forward that maybe we've never seen before. And I, I hope for that, um, for the 2022 season that he comes back even more determined, even more focused than he's ever been in his entire career. So yeah, we shall, we shall see. Certainly. 
But one thing to be certain of is the best realtor in Northeast Ohio. That is Katie Klonowski, now out of Berkshire Hathaway. Um, so if you've seen that, congratulations, Katie, on that change. We're very happy for you. Um, if you are buying or selling a home and you need anybody to walk you through that process, that person for you, Northeast Ohio friends, that is Katie Klonowski, now out of Berkshire Hathaway. Make sure you check her out. Dustin, kind of a crazy weekend, a super wild card weekend in the playoffs. Let's dive into it. Some good games, some bad games, right? Like let's let's start. Let's let's go over all of them. Um, yep. We'll do our quick takes, and really, what I mean by that is maybe just a couple of notes that I wrote down. If you have any, we'll just kind of you know go back and forth here. But let's talk Raiders Bengals. Give me your thoughts on the game. Well, I feel bad if you're a Raiders fan because there was a call in that game that was pretty controversial, and I think it says a lot when the Officials in that game are no longer allowed to officiate any more games the rest of the postseason. That's not good. Okay, that's not good. And here's the thing. He may have been in bounds, and I'm not trying to bash the Bengals here, but when the whistle stops, the player stops, and all those players stop playing. You learn at the peewee level, middle school, high school, you play to the whistle, and then you stop. And you can tell on that play, every player just stopped and then he just goes like this, oh, thanks. And nobody's even running up to him because the whistle blew. So, and what's the difference of the game? Seven points. Hmm, interesting. So, yeah, I just, I don't, it was a good game. Uh, Joe Burrow showed that he's still who he is. But I just feel bad for the, the Raiders fans. I mean, that just they got kind of a, a bum rap there. So, You know, I want to talk about the Raiders real quick. I mean, what a a team with a lot of heart in a season filled with nothing but like tragedy and adversity and right. just chaos throughout the entire organization. Um, I know probably, yeah. you know, uh, as a Browns fan, I shouldn't be congratulating another team, especially when they lose. But, um, you know, how about the Raiders right now? They, they really battled through the face of adversity. Derek Carr was a great leader for that, for that team made it to the playoffs um, and now they're, you know, interviewing for now a new GM and a head coach. It's yes. just a crazy thing. Out, yeah. Reset button after just making the playoffs. So, um, yeah, crazy game. Uh, another one, Pats versus the Bills. Josh okay. Allen. I did. I did not see this coming. And I'm and I'm, and what I'm saying from that is I kind of consider Belichick kind of a goat coach, right? Like he will his kind of. Well, I mean, his team will keep him in a game, even if his offense isn't to the level of the other offense. But they didn't punt. The Buffalo Bills didn't punt in this football game. They didn't have to punt. They didn't have to kick any field goals. They scored a touchdown on every drive. I know. And, I'm like, and so I'm going to root for the Bills this weekend. And we all know that the Browns and the Bills fans kind of are like, or they have this kind of, we kind of root for each other kind of thing. But I got to tell you, man, just driving up and down the field like that, like that just... Mm, that was a thing of beauty. And it was almost like a coming out party for the bill saying like, we belong. And this is our statement to show you we belong. I, it, that's kind of what it was for me. And it was kind of the changing of the guard, right? Mm -hmm. Here's the changing of the guard and the AFC East, right? Like it was like, bills you've dominated. I mean, Patriots you've dominated for years, but it's now the bills and they kind of proved that this year. So. All right. Thoughts on Eagles Buccaneers. I mean, I think we all saw this one coming. Any, Anything here? I turned it off in the third quarter because okay, it was cool. very boring. Right, was very boring. <laughs> 49ers versus the Cowboys. Um, Ooh, let's I, got, I, got, 
I got I got a lot of takes on this one, a lot of hot takes. Because okay, I well, we'll save those for some of our, our quick takes. But you know, yeah. just your general overview on the game. Obviously, this one came down to a, a chaotic last few seconds. Give me your thoughts, Dustin. I'll turn well, it over to you. I know some of the players that play on this team. They played for Boise State. Vander Esch made a great play to get them back. You know, on that fourth down, um, did an amazing play. But first take that comes to me. You got to hand the ball to the official. That's it. You got to hand the ball to the official. And that was a very lapse of thought that went there. And then everybody was like ready to throw Kellen Warren to the bus. I'm like, no, 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 no. He still has got to know to put the ball down and get one more shot for the end zone. And then Dak said something really dumb in his press conference about the refs and getting the bottles thrown at him. So I don't know. It was a little... He did come back and, and apologize. I don't know if you I saw know, that. But, it was, but he was still, pretty, he was like. I mean, at the end of the day, that was on Dak. That was on the the offense of the Dallas Cowboys, you know, one, to run up the middle. But it wasn't during... a bad play if you get six seconds left to make one shot at the end zone. Like It's not a bad play if you get out of bounds, but down the, the, yeah. the seam of the field and then um, to go up and not have the wherewithal that you have to hand it to the referee before you can, you know, before you can clock it there. Bad for that referee because he was like trying to wiggle in there and touch it's the ball. His fault. It's not his fault that he bumped into, you know, bumped into the players. It's it's not on them, but chaotic, chaotic. Steelers, Chiefs, any surprise here? I had none. Well, it was a great retirement party for Big Ben. I really enjoyed watching his retirement party on television. I Here's the thing. I don't think the damn Pittsburgh Steelers should have ever been in the playoffs. I'm just going to call it for what it is. It was terrible that they were in there. It was a not a good matchup. I do think the Raiders and the Chargers should have tied, that we would have had better football this last weekend. Right? We, we would have had just better playoff football, right? It would have looked better, better competition. And then for Ben to say, well, you know, we, we're not going to win this. Let's just go out and da-da-da-da. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you yeah. doing, big guy? And then last but not least, Cardinals and Rams. Um, I, I was stunned. Whoa. I was stunned to well, see the Rams just, or well, excuse me, the Cardinals not show up. I was well, stunned to see that. And OBJ show up in a big way? Yeah. I mean, he lit it up. I mean, he was ready I mean, to go. I think I was too surprised to see that. I mean, he's still a, a very good player, and he made some big-time yeah. plays. But right. I was more stunned. I was more shocked at the fact that the, the Cardinals just – well, so, nah, I'm not showing up today. So I have a friend that's a Cardinals fan, and he's always chirping in my ear, and he watches this podcast. He's from Arizona. And Allie, I'm just going to say this, and I want some people to interact with us. I'm going to call it for what it is. I think Kyler Murray is too small for the National Football League. And I'm going to and I'm going to stay and I'm going to he just looks too compact out there. And at times he just collapses. Does that make sense? And just he doesn't. A good defense figures him out, I guess is the best way to put that. He just collapses in that situation, and he very much looked like a rookie type of player making the playoffs, right? Like, I don't know. I just saw he looked very mistake-prone, and they kind of just kept coming together. Yeah. Yeah, I think I could agree with that. I mean, when he's explosive, he's explosive. I mean, he's a, a very talented athlete. But, yeah, I mean, you're seeing it at this level, especially in the playoffs. It, you know – the, the Cardinals are, are really weird. For two years in a row, they start off very hot, and then they just simmer hard. <laughs> you know, they just fall off, no pun intended, but they fall off of a cliff. Well, yeah, I mean, that, when he's in the end zone and trying to avoid a safety, you don't underhand the ball to the guy at the three-yard line to get a pick six, I mean, in a playoff game. You just don't do that, right? 
I don't think any of the other quarterbacks in the league that were in the playoffs probably make that play. They probably take the safety, maybe. You know. All right, let's do some quick takes. Um, any notes you have here? I'll kick it off. Dustin, thoughts on Debo Samuel? Kind of unstoppable. Yeah. He looks like kind of a one-man wrecking machine out there. Um, I do think he will give Green Bay some fits. Now, do I think Green Bay still wins the football game? Yes. Um, but I think it's going to be a good matchup. I mean, I know people are saying it could be like, man, I think I think the, the Niners are one of those teams – they got good late. They're sneaky good, right? They can their defense comes up and shows. Kind of the team you don't want to play, right? Like, ah, they got good late. Um, and I think they're playing with house money right now. So they're kind of playing loose and free. I don't know. I just that's kind of my take on these guys, right? Is now. it fair that Debo Samuel right now is one of, I'm not gonna say he is the, but one of the most valuable non-quarterbacks like in the league? Like, oh, like sure. MVP yeah. is not a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, he's. I mean, like, things run or or, or stall based on what, how his performance is. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Go ahead. Um, little quick take for you, Allie. Um, I, I this is my thought. I'm gonna run with this. A little quick hot take. I do not think Tampa Bay Buccaneers enter the NFC Championship game. No, I don't think that's. I think that's a, a medium take. Um, I just think that the uh, the Green Bay Packers are playing really good football. Now, obviously, we didn't see them this past weekend, but right. um, and maybe that doesn't you know bode well for them that they maybe lost some momentum. But they've got so much talent, especially offensively. Um, I, I really think that right now they're my Super Bowl pick, so I wouldn't be shocked to see them succeed. Um, and you know what? You, you mentioned it, Dustin. Uh, the 49ers are playing really good football. There's definitely a possibility that they can yeah. come out on top. So I don't know. I don't think that's too much of a hot take, but you know. I mean, who who would have saw Tom Brady? Who would have saw the Jimmy G, right? The Jimmy G uh kind of resurgence happening here. Yeah. Um, I, I do I do think the Rams are gonna the, the Rams are gonna be a dangerous team. I I, I just I agree with that. And they're all in. I think they all know they're all what's that? I said they're clicking at the right time. Well, and they're in, and they have that we're all in we Super Bowl or bust mentality. They've even said it, low, you know, out loud. Um, I think they need to get to the Super Bowl, or this season's not. A, I mean, I don't. I mean, to go get Von Miller and OBJ and build this super team. I mean, like this is, this is they're all in. Like they 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 put their cards. You know, I'm all in here. So, um, and Stafford got his first playoff win. I think so. He's yeah. kind of got that off his back, right? So yeah, good for him. Happy to see it. All right, I've got one for you. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, I'm just throwing some names at you here, but it's—I just want to hear you elaborate. Zach Taylor. Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, daring. Um, he makes some gutsy calls, some fourth down calls. I agree. And I kind of well. Did you notice how many fourth down calls have been played this year? Like it's like everybody's like, hey, fourth down, let's go. It's on everybody the fourth. Everybody goes for it. Yeah. Um, but he's a little he's a little gunslingerish, and we saw that. I didn't want him to be this gunslingerish in the Chiefs game against the Bengals, but I was like, ah, he's gonna he's gonna get it because he's being, you know, kind of a gunslinger there, and he has nothing to lose, everything to gain. Um, so he could get he could be up there for coach of the year. We'll talk about that later. Um, but uh no, I agree. Look, Zach Taylor, I kind of had him going into this season um, as a possible hot seat candidate. 
you weren't really sure what you're going to get out of them. And actually, I had Cliff Kingsbury also on that list. Everybody called me crazy the way that they started their season. But now we're almost back to that conversation. Um, but Zach Taylor put my foot right in my mouth and uh, make me chew it, you know, stepped up in a big way and puts his players in a position to succeed. Mm -hmm. uh, they're just so dynamic offensively. Make some gutsy calls. If they go the other way, you're probably looking at, you know, a lot of a lot of kickback on well, on Taylor. But right now, man, he's he, he's on the list for coach of the year. You're right. Well, well think about it. You're, you're a genius or you're an idiot based on what happens there. Right. And I and I want to use the example. The Baltimore Ravens lost two football games this year going for a two point conversion that they did not convert on. Right. They, they make those two two point conversions. They're in the playoffs. Sorry. I mean, that's, that's, they can go back and look at those two games and say, there's the difference right there. So, Dustin, you could say that about the Cleveland Browns, right? You make a catch here, a catch there, kick yeah. here, or a kick there, you're in the playoffs. Um, so, just a couple things going one way or another can we're really eight, we're eight, nine. 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 matters in the we're NFL. Eight, yeah, we're eight and nine. So, it's like, yeah, this, I think the Browns will look at this as a lost season. And that's why I think, the, the Browns can put something together special in 2022 if they align it right, because I think they know this was a big, big, huh? What'd you say? If they, said, if they align themselves with what they need to do, we haven't had an alignment in a while for me. So I just had to, you know, give it to If you're right a new listener, my keyword, the 2020 off season was alignment, alignment within the organization, alignment within the coaching staff, continuity. Alignment. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's the inside joke there. All right, Dustin, um, just, just, uh, couple more here and then we'll get into our awards uh question for you what yes. type of impact does derrick henry make upon his injury return for the tennessee titans well i think it's night and day because you already have a competent back that's been in there and then you add the stud back into the lineup i think it gives you that kareem hunt nick chubb one two punch that can be very dangerous and you want to do in the playoffs clock management eight minute seven minute drives keep the ball out of your opponent's hand makes you a very dangerous football team um so yes i think it's a huge impact it's big cool any more for you um no i think that's that's it that's it for okay. me right now all right perfect before we move on to our next segment we want to just remind you to go over to Lakewood, Ohio for the best pizza in the land that is Angelo's pizza as i mentioned it's in Lakewood it's the best in northeast ohio i consider it the best in America. So make sure you get your hands on that. It is truly amazing. Well, Allie and I make it a, we go there every time, every time we, that's kind of our thing. Now we go to Angela's pizza, we have our pizza and then we go do our stuff. So that's pizza and a beer. They, nobody does it better than Angela's pizza. All right, Dustin, let's get into our NFL postseason awards. Last week we did it as it pertains to the Cleveland Browns. This week we're going to open it up for the entire national football league. And I will let you kick it off, sir. Who is your MVP of the I national looking, football league? Yeah. I was looking at some people. I just envy his play. He's a good player. Um, I don't think he's always had the most talent around him. And that's kind of why I, it was a no-brainer for me, but Aaron Rodgers, mm -hmm. um, phenomenal season. Does less with more. I does more with less. I mean, it's just it's interesting how he each year and he just doesn't always have the best defense. Doesn't always have the best offense. But they say great quarterbacks rise from above average teams, right? So I'm going to give it to Aaron Rodgers. That's to me, it's a no-brainer. 
Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on this one. Now, normally, for the sake of podcasting, I'll go in another direction. But for this, this is a, a concrete award. So if we do agree on a few of them, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, Aaron Rodgers, uh, he was 10th in the league uh, for passing yards, 4,115. Um, he had 37 touchdowns on the year. That's tied for fourth, four interceptions. That's first in the National Football League with a QBR of 68.9, also first in the National Football League. Does Tremendous not turn year. the football over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just an efficient um, and great year for Aaron Rodgers. Only missed one game uh, where Jordan Love had to step in. That was that Kansas City game. So I'm going to also give it to Aaron Rodgers. Um, I do have a few for Offensive Player of the Year. So yeah. maybe for the sake of podcasting, I'll go in another direction. But uh, I'll turn it over to you. So I'm going to go, um, I again, every time I watch him on the West Coast, we see a lot – you know, I'm out here. I see a lot more West Coast teams because of TV. Cooper Cup, man, just sliding and gliding, <laughs> catching and going. Like, and you know, he's he's he reminds me a lot of Edelman, right? Just he doesn't look like a big, fast guy, but man, he catches everything and and he just makes defenders miss every time he catches the football. And I'm like, I can root for a guy like Cooper Cup. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go Cooper Cup on this. He's just having a phenomenal season. I'm also gonna go Cooper Cup, but I have somebody else, um, and I will mention them. They'll be the honorable mention, but I am gonna give it to Cooper Cup. Um, he had 145 receiving uh, receptions. That's first in the league. Led the league in yards, 1947. Led the league in touchdowns at 16, um, averaging 13.4 uh, per attempt. So like, I mean, just an insane season. If you had him on your fantasy team, I'm sure you won the championship. Um, but a uh, runner up for me was Jonathan Taylor. Um, the, the Colts running back had a phenomenal year, uh, 332 attempts as first in the league, 1811 yards, also first in the league, 18 touchdowns first in the league. So, uh, you know, kind of one, a one B, but I'm going to give the nod here to Cooper cup pains me to say this, but for defensive player of the year, I had to go with TJ Watt on this one. Um, and, and frankly, I didn't think it was all that close. Uh, Miles Garrett led probably up until the last part of the season. Uh, I thought he was going to just run away with it. But since that groin injury, that really kind of derailed him there. Aaron Donald is always in the conversation for defensive player of the year, but I did give it to TJ Watt here. Um, he had uh, 22 and a half sacks. Yeah. Here's 22 and a half sacks. Five forced fumbles, uh, but no interceptions. But, you know, uh, and then 48 solo tackles. Just a, a tremendous season out of him. He consistently produces. Pains me to say this, Browns fans, but he's very, very good. We're going to have to go up against him for quite some time. But 22 and a half sacks, hard not to give it to him. Yeah, and I went a different direction here. I just, four or five, I think four of those sacks or whatever he got was against us at the end of the, the last game of the year. And what I consider just kind of a, I don't know, weird kind of game for the Browns. I went with Aaron Donald, and I'll tell you why I went with Aaron Donald on this one. I watch like the the Rams game this weekend. He single handedly wrecked the Arizona Cardinals' life in that football game. So so much that you had some chippy offensive linemen getting pissed off, and there was a little bit. But he single handedly wrecked a good, very talented team. And I just don't see T.J. Watt always doing that to great teams, and that's why. I think this will be closer than people think. And, and, and I, in the, the league does this where, oh, he has the most sacks, he gets the award, right? I kind of look at other things, and, and I'm going to go Aaron Donald on this, and I, I do that just because he single-handedly has wrecked good teams' life. You know what I mean? And that's where I think a player's level has to go up to that, that next kind of echelon. So, Well, looking at him, he had 38 solo tackles. 
Um, 12 and a half in sacks. That's tied seventh in the league uh, and only four, four forced fumbles. That's very difficult to say. Um, tied for seventh in the league. So, you know, I do think that there is some separation there, but I can definitely say he's a game wrecker. Uh, he's just a dominant force to be reckoned with. So, you know, I can't argue too much. I think he's certainly probably runner up in that room. Yeah. All right. Next up, um, offensive rookie of the year. I went with Jamar Chase here. Preseason, I thought it was going to be Kyle Pitts. I think Atlanta just did not know how to. You were all in on my, yeah. Okay, yeah, so. no, and I still am. I think he's incredibly talented. I just don't think Atlanta really recognized how to use him to the best of his abilities. Uh, Jamar Chase, though, he definition of a game wrecker. Uh, I, I gave the Bengals some crap coming into the season for not taking a tackle. But, you know, uh, you don't have to game plan for Penny Sewell, but you do have to game plan for Jamar Chase. You don't have to game plan for a tackle. I mean, you do, of course, but right. to, to really keep these these coordinators up at night, Jamar Chase is that guy. Um, he was tied for 20th in the league uh, for receptions at 81. Um, he was fourth in the league for yards, 14.55, 13 touchdowns. That's third in the league. So as a rookie, man, what a stud. I have the same guy here. Um, he scares me for the next several years because, again, him and Joe Burrows were always on the same page before they even came to the Bengals. And you just saw as the season went on, that got more and more comfortable. And when Joe Burrow says, yeah, I just throw it up, you know, 50-50 ball, Jamar may come down with it. You know, like he's just used to that, right? Like he knows that he'll go up and make that throw. But just um, correct me if I'm wrong, he broke the offensive rookie record for receiving yards. Am I correct on that? I believe that's also the case. I, I believe I don't have that in front of me, so I don't want to misspeak. But yeah, I, and, so, and yeah. so that's why, you know, when a guy can do that with as many great players that have come through the NFL as wide receivers, that says a lot to me. So I I don't even think it's close. I think it's Jamar Chase. So. Yeah, I agree with you. All right. Who you got for defensive rookie of the year? Again, um, this guy single-handedly this year, I mean, the amount of sacks he put up, I think it was 13 or 14. Micah Parsons. I mean, yeah. just an animal in the middle there. Um, and to be able to play at that type of level as a rookie <laughs> is pretty special. Um, I think he's going to be someone to be dealt with for years to come in this league. I go with Michael yeah. Parsons. I, I agree. I, I think he was far and away probably the best rookie. Now, I think we've got some studs too, Greg Newsom, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, um, but they did miss some games. I think they probably would have been in the conversation. Yeah. Uh, but they did miss some games. Micah Parsons, he's just a force to be reckoned with. 64 solo tackles, that's tied for 30, uh, 43rd in the league. 13 sacks, that's sixth, uh, three force fumbles. So just yeah. uh, definitely a force to be reckoned with. But he's so versatile. You know, you can kind of – you can he can rush the passer. Yeah. He can drop in coverage. I mean, he's so quick to the ball and to the point of he's attack. Always, he's always wherever the ball is, right? Yeah. Uh, he's a heat-seeking missile. Okay, turn it over to you. Comeback player of the year. Who you got? So I was looking at this, and here's what kind of it pains me to say this, but for a guy to come back from an excruciation injury like Joe Burrow did and be able to lead his team to the playoffs and win a division, that's a tough task for any quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. um, I know Press, you know, Dak was in this conversation with some people, but I went with Joe Burrow because you not only – you came back from a really, really terrible injury. Um, and you led your team to the playoffs in a division. Like, that says a lot to me. And, oh, wait, and a playoff win for the first time in three decades. You know, not only do you do that, you win a game in the playoffs. So mine goes to Joe Burrow. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, 
he he had a great season, uh, 46 and 11 yards, 34 touchdowns, 14 interceptions with a, a QBR of 54.5. Um, great season for Joe Burrow. Hate that he's in our division. Uh, I like watching him. Yeah. I, I you know I think he's a great player. Um, sucks that he's in our in our division, but man, he is he's pretty tough. Um, and last but not least, Dustin, who do you have for coach of the year? Coach of the year. I always look at this as kind of like perseverance. Can they coach above what situations are dealing with? This coach lost Henry. Uh, Mike Vrabel has kept his team at the high level. Um, I think he should get coach of the year. Mike Vrabel should be. I mean, the guy is an excellent coach. He yeah. does. I mean, he does things. He's, you know, he's very masterful in his, his art of coaching and uh, nothing phases him. So. I had him on my list, uh, but I'm actually going to go with Matt LaFleur, um, yep. you know, coming into this season with a lot of animosity within the organization, not knowing what's going on with the Aaron Rodgers situation. He had to deal with that, you know, during draft time. Yep. Uh, that was a debacle that a lot of people seem to have forgotten about uh, the, you know, just him being disgruntled, not having to bring in, in players and, you know, it's just kind of a, a, a very rocky situation. Uh, and then yeah. with the whole vaccination thing, it was just a very weird year um, at the start for, for the Green Bay Packers. To, but to be able to navigate that and to get them to where they are now is what I perceive to be the best team right now in the NFL. Um, I, you know, I got to give him credit. He He's just uh, very innovative, um, just a, a good coach, Dustin. I've got something here that I want to highlight. Look, look at this picture from 2013. Got Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, all wow, on the Redskins coaching staff. Sean McVay took the coach, Kyle Shanahan, the offense coordinator, and Matt LaFleur, the quarterback's coach in 2013. They all look like they're 12. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> but you know what else they are? All coaching in the playoffs. Yes, they are. And guess who's not? The Washington the Washington football team. My football team. As it stands right now, we should be uh we should be finding out pretty soon what their new new name's going to be. Um, but I think, I, I don't think that either of us said anything that's uh, anything out of line. I think no. we're probably pretty, pretty close to what, what that's going to look like. You know, it's funny because most of the time towards the end of the season, when we do these, it, they're pretty much set in stone. Like you all, you know, who's getting these awards at this point. Um, so I, I don't know. I'd be shocked well, if, if anybody. Some, really sometimes there's a surprise, but not very sometimes, often. Sometimes, sometimes, but for the most part, nothing too crazy. Want to give a shout out to our friends over at Rough Around the Etches. Um, they can make custom mugs, custom glassware, whatever you need, Dustin. What, what's, your, what's your say there? Is that the Cleveland Skyline? It says Cleveland 1796. There you go. Hey, they do it awesome. They have high quality work, so make sure you check them out. Rough Around the Etches. All right, Dustin, let's get into it here. Um, I will do a mock draft here momentarily. Uh, as I mentioned last week, this is not me putting on my GM hat and doing what Ali Haisong would do. This is more just focusing on some areas of concern. Um, and, of course, to bring some awareness to some of these players that you may not have heard of. Right. right. That's, that's what we're going to do this offseason. Uh, but before we do that, Dustin, I really want to kind of surface level dive in to the areas of need, the wide receiver room, the defensive line as a whole. I I see it as 1A being wide receiver, 1B being defensive line. Do you agree with that? What are your thoughts here, and how do you think that this gets addressed this offseason? Well, it's going to decide – free agency is going to have a big effect on this, and I think it'll be interesting to see if the Browns go after a wide receiver that may be available in free agency to 
fill that gap that was left with OBJ? Or is Barry going to be shrewd and find another Donovan People Jones kind of diamond in the rough that ends up being a really good player, right? So it's going to be addressed somewhere. And I think the Browns probably draft multiple wide receivers in this draft. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Um, I'm going to just throw a couple names at you, okay? okay? A couple wide receivers. And you tell me if you would have any interest in them. Okay. Okay. All different types of players. So just a, a yes or no, maybe a why. Okay. Devontae Adams. Sign me up two years okay, ago. Let me, let's start with this. Let, let's not look at the money side of things right now. Okay. We don't really know what that's going to look like. So just from a talent perspective, one, would they fit the scheme? Two, would you want them? Devontae Adams. Yes, I would take him. Now, I think he might be available if the Packers won the Super Bowl. But if they don't, I think maybe he comes back, right? So he might be like an asterisk kind of guy. Um, but, yeah, but, you know, again – the Stefanski offense, does it work? <laughs> does a guy like that work in the Stefanski offense, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, here's the truth. Everybody wants to say OBJ doesn't do this and that and all that. And I'm like, did you see when Stefanski and the guys were running the offense? Like, those guys didn't get the ball like that either in Minnesota. Come on. You got to look back at history here. So, yes and no. I, I do think we need a, a burner kind of guy. But mm -hmm. it's got to be the right price. I mean, he's going to ask for some. Okay, next money. up. I agree. Yes, if possible. I don't think it's possible, though. Chris Godwin. Yeah, he wouldn't be bad. He wouldn't be bad. He's kind of I, – I, yeah, I, I'd be okay with him. But, again, I'd rather go draft probably over Godwin. Yeah, and given the injury, that yeah. kind of scares me just a little bit, just a little bit. But, I, man, he's, he's a stud. Um, if he can come back fully healthy, which all signs point to that being the case, then, yes, Mike Williams – Mike Williams at the right price. Um, again, how old is he again? Uh, he is 20 – I want to say he's 28, 27. Yeah. And he's with the Chargers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the right price, yeah, I would take him. He'd be, And I think he would fit okay in the in the Browns scheme. Yeah. yeah. Two more here. Allen Robinson. Mm. No, I, I'm not – I'm not high on him. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, and last but not least, Michael Gallup. Gallup. Remind me where he plays again. Dallas. Oh, yes, Dallas. He might be available. Um, yeah, all of those guys are, are anticipated to be free. No, no, but I'm just saying he might come in at the right price because, because of their wide receiver room, right? They're, they might release him. That might be a dark horse for the Browns to get him, you know, at the right price. So he might be a good fit. I'd, I'd take him. Yeah. 25 years old. Yeah, I I think I could get on board with that. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and kick things off here with our mock draft. I'm going to display it here on the board. Um, again, just wanted to preface with this isn't necessarily what I would do. This is based off of how I see, um, really how I see the needs falling. And I I adjusted on, on PFF, you can adjust like, area of need, um, just mm -hmm. randomness, uh, value for the core position. So I've, I've adjusted a little bit. Um, this is what fell to me, you know, take your pick at who you want at wide receiver. We'll go through all of them. Um, mm -hmm. but this is who fell to me. This is what I did. So bear with me as we go through this. Um, but first up is Drake London. 
the big bodied receiver out of USC. Um, he's 6'5, 210. He's got excellent size. Um, he's just got great body control for his size. Um, I'm reading uh, the scouting report here. You know, he's, he's got great hands, excellent catching radius. He's, he's the kind of guy that maybe doesn't create high-powered separation, but he can go up and make those basketball-style plays. He's a freak athlete. He's a natural athlete. He's a good – I wouldn't say he's an elite route runner, but, you know, a lot of raw talent there. He did miss some games this season um, at USC. Not entirely shifty, but he can create yards, as I mentioned, the separation situation. Um, he does have the burst. Just a big-bodied receiver. He's a willing blocker. Somebody I'd love to have. I mean, I, I'm really yeah. talking myself into him. Well, the way you describe it, it almost fits like it could fit perfectly into the Savansky offense, right? Yes. Yes. I mean, when, I you, mean, when you describe that kind of guy, I'm picturing that down the field, 15 yards, boom, boom, right? You ain't going to get the ball. Talk about it. Like well, our Travis Kelsey kind of guy, right? Like the guy that we know can go down the field and catch that ball. And you're going, well, nobody can cover him. <laughs> you know, that'd be nice to have a guy like that. So um, some negatives that they list on him, large size limits, his lateral quickness uh, and his blocking technique can be inconsistent. So some coaching things right there. I think you've got a young kid that you can you can teach some of those items. Uh, just some things to note. He was a 2021 first team all pack 12, 2021 AP third team All-American. Also played basketball at USC. So talk about those basketball style catches. He was quite literally a basketball player. Oh, yeah. And you see that's more the norm in the NFL now. They, these guys that play two sports. Uh, his pro comparison, Mike Evans. Uh, I would love to have that. Yeah, I can I can I can sign on board with that. All right. Next up, I did go interior of the defensive line. Um, I, I've got let me pull it up here. Uh Fidarian Mathis. Uh, why is it not pulled up here? Sorry. No, you're good. I've got too many tabs pulled open. That's the, that's the issue. Here we go. Uh, he's 6'4", 312. He's a, a great base and anchor. He's very consistent. Um, he's good, lengthy. He can get after the quarterback. He's got good eyes and discipline. Um, lateral quickness. Uh, he's actually, <laughs> they put on here that he's more flexible than someone his size should be. So <laughs> above average, lower body strength. Um, really a, a very good bull rusher. And, you know, Dustin, if we don't bring back Jadavion Clowney, who's an elite run stopper, you have to have somebody that can that can kind of take on those blockers. Uh, yeah. That way they just can get get after the quarterback. So, you know, a lot of times people really dial in on, on pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. But it's so important to be able to stop the run and take on those blockers as well. So he sheds blocks with violence. So that's really somebody that I would definitely be interested in. The negatives – Below average first step, does not come off the ball and gain ground cons uh, consistency, strengthen his initial punch. You know, I, I think, again, some coaching things. Um, and uh, his pro comparison is Dalvin Tomlinson. That's not a no, bad no, not a bad in there either. All right, next up, I went I went wide receiver once again. Um, David Bell out of, out of Purdue. I, I remember Ohio State playing him, and, you know, he'll torture you. He's 6'2", 205, good size, good strength. Um, he's got body control. He's got ball control. He's, he's very physical, really, at the point of attack. He can create yards, kind of a smooth route runner, uh, but he's, you know, got above average hands. I think he would probably have to work on that a little bit. And, you know, this is a third-round pick. So right. 
my mock anyways, not necessarily a burner, but he's got straight line speed. So we'd probably have to develop him a little bit more, some raw talent, some negatives. He is inconsistent with his route running. He has a tendency to push off of defenders um, and an average lateral quickness. So probably looking at this, a developmental type of prospect, sure. but something that has a high upside. His pro comparison is Josh Palmer. Okay. All right, Zachary Carter, the edge out of Florida, 6'4", 290, good upper body strength, um, good lateral quickness. Actually, they put it as above average lateral quickness. Um, he's got a good tackle range after coming off of a block. Uh, kind of shifty, a lot of flexibility, probably not what you're used to seeing in Miles Garrett being able to just bend and shift the way that he right. does. Although he's played anywhere from three tech to six tech at Florida. So he's got versatility. He's got flexibility. He's an intelligent heads up type of player. Um, but just looking at some of his negatives here on the scouting report, he does have inconsistent hand placement uh, too often plays late uh, plays with late hands, unfortunately getting burnt. Um, and he does play with a tight base. Some, some coaching things here, but you know, I think that he does have some, some quickness to him. Um, and of course, depth there, he'd be able to get after the quarterback. So his pro comparison is Charles Aminahu, who is a, a good prospect coming out of Texas just a few years ago. Okay. So, so far we've addressed a couple of wide receivers and yeah. of course defensive line. Now I'm going to kick it over to, uh, to the secondary. I think that we need some depth there. We know that Ronnie Harrison would be a, a restricted free agent. So I went with Brian Cook, the safety out of Cincinnati. Now, Cincinnati this season um, in their secondary, they were pretty tough with Kobe Bryant and Sauce Gardner, uh, but I don't want their, their safeties to get overshadowed in that as well. Um, he's 6'1", 203. Hmm, you know, he, he's got good size. He's uh, developmental split zone safety. He can really fit most any scheme. Um, you know, he's, you know, his, his uh, pro comparison is Sheldrick Redwine. Now, okay. us Browns fans, we know him very well. He's got a special teams ability. He's flexible. Um, he's versatile, and he's very tough. So I think with him, you're getting a lot of uh, intellect. You're getting a lot of instinct and mm -hmm. playmaking ability. I'm not going to say he's, you know, you know, the next all-pro safety. Uh, right. But you're getting depth at this position, and, you know, I think good value here. So I went with him uh, out, of, out of Cincinnati. Next up, tight end. I think that this is another area of, of concern. I wouldn't say it's a big-time area of concern, but I think that this is something that we need to keep an eye on. Um, so Jelani Woods, the tight end out of Virginia, 6'7", 265. He's got great size, great height. 6'7", 265? 6'7", 265. So Sign me up all day for that. Strides gazelle good build-up speed um he's an above average blocker already um he has above average hands i think that that would probably be something that you would want to work on but great length for the tight end position i wouldn't say he's your prototypical tight end that you see all too you know all too often coming out of the draft he's more of an athletic tight end that would be a great oh, yeah. compliment to david ajoku harrison bryant just throwing right. another big bodied pass catcher in the mix would definitely bode well for the Cle this this scheme for the Cleveland Browns. Negatives on him, um, high cut with long legs. Um, you know, he won't create a ton of yards with the ball in his hand. But if that's not what you're looking for him to do, maybe it fits what you're what you're looking for. Um, his pro comparison is Rico Gathers. Huh. Interesting. Last but not least, DJ Dale, um, the interior defensive lineman out of Alabama. 
Uh, not a lot of information on him, so I'm not gonna, you know, <laughs> I'm not gonna talk a lot about him. Uh, but definitely depth. This position coming out of Alabama, you have to feel pretty good. They're they're pretty close to their ceiling once they're coming out. He's six three, three hundred pounds. And again, we talk about guys that can just take on those blockers. This would fill that position. He can get after the quarterback. Um, you know, I don't think he's gonna be, you know, the next Aaron Donald. Um, but he can anchor. He can shed. He can chase. He can do all the right things. Um, but I think you get a good value here in the last round of my mock draft. Okay. And that's what I have for you today. Nice. That's a lot of talking. That's a lot of talking. I was, so, I was gonna say, Allie, I was <laughs> even ready. I was ready to give you a breath on that. I'm like, you need, you need some water. You need, you need uh, no, no, I'm all good. I'm all good. Um, but you know, that's, it's fun for me to be able to do this. Um, and I encourage you guys too. PFF. They have a, a free, Allie. a free tool. Allie, to save you a couple breaths, do you want me to do mine next week or the week after? You want me to do one? No, I mean, I'm going to continue to do it because I like it. Maybe okay. I won't do it as in-depth, but, you know, just so we can put something up here. You know, it's yeah. it's a lot of fun to be able to bring awareness to players that maybe I we feel don't like a lot. I feel like a lot of fans have been doing this PFF mock draft thing that they've built. People I do like 25 a day. Yeah. Um, Allie, speaking of that, you know, one thing we haven't delved into um, I'm pretty sure we've lost a couple coaches on the defensive side of the ball yes. um, assistance. Um, that that was of this week, right? Or earlier this yeah, week? Chris we Kiffin being the big one, um, the yeah. defensive line coach. Going yeah. to his brother at Lane Kiffin down at Ole Miss. Right. Um, so that's, a, that's a pretty big loss. So in addition to all those guys that we're losing <laughs> on the, the defensive line, you're also losing the coach. That's going to relatively be an overhaul. Yeah. So the, uh, Joe and, and the – Coaching staff got to find somebody to replace. That's not going to be an easy replacement. So, no, most certainly not. Yeah. But I will tell you something that you can be certain of. It's Orlando Baking Company. Head on over to your Northeast Ohio grocery store. Go to your local store. Start with your Orlando Baking Company bread. You can get the buns. You can get the bread. They have it all. Then head on over to the meat aisle, the meat counter. Get yourself some five star meats because there ain't no wiener like a five star wiener. Make sure you get hamburgers, hot dogs, hot sausage, whatever you need. They've got it. Top it off with some Cleveland ketchup. They've got a variety of flavors bacon and bourbon, the ghost pepper, the classic garlic and dill. They can do it all. It's amazing. Trust me, it's amazing. And stadium mustard. That is the all Cleveland sandwich. Make sure you get your hands on it. Make sure it's in your kitchen. Honestly, I'm hungry right now and I'm. Thinking that don't, I, I Allie, don't, this call. don't DoorDash. Don't DoorDash. You're right. Don't DoorDash, but get the Cleveland sandwich instead. Allie has a problem, by the way. You know how some people are like, you know, addicted to caffeine. Allie's addicted to DoorDash. So I've actually taken a break. I so I only <laughs> my goal, my goal for this year is to only DoorDash or Uber Eats or get food delivered on Wednesdays. Oh, because you got because you're doing the podcast. We got the show, so yeah. you know, wrap up work at about five o'clock, and it, it takes a lot of time to prep for the program, and yeah. you know, get a I shower. Think that, I, I think that could be that. That should be your comfort food for getting you ready yes. for the time. I, I I can sign off on that all day long. Now I didn't but, do it today. I physically went to Chipotle because I was in the area. Yeah. But going forward, that's probably what I'll do. Allie may have ordered. DoorDash five times a week in her life or more. I um yes, I have. And I will tell you this. I've also <laughs> I have also ordered DoorDash while on the podcast before. 
Wow. That's that like, you don't even know. Like right now I have my phone. I have my phone right here on the, on the that desk. Is, that is some sneaky work. Yeah, right I, just, I just pulled up the DoorDash and you don't even see that I'm looking at it. I'm talking wow. to you. You can't tell. And oh, by the way, there's Chick-fil-A. So I've done that before. Not proud. All right, Dustin, I hate to break it to you, uh, but unfortunately you did not come out victorious. This two past in a row week. and I take a back seat after. Yeah, I had two in a row. Going. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's get into it. Where am I at? Two, five, and one? You are two, five, and one. Yes. Okay. All right. So you can still make up some, some ground here. And this is where it gets more difficult because much, much smaller sample size. Yeah. So let me get it pulled up and we'll kick it off here. All right. Who you got, Dustin? Bengals at Titans. Titans. All right. Just Not going for it. That, that. The running game. Joe Burrow is going to be on the sidelines and be frustrated. Titans. I mean, I disagree. Be... I'm going to go Bengals. I think they're hot. Did you hear that? I think the Bengals. And and Derrick Henry coming back. You have to imagine he's going to be on some type of snap count. Maybe you cannot yeah. imagine he'll be out there for every play. I, I just don't think he will be. And for as talented as he is, and I'm not discounting him in any any way, shape, or form. That we got to be a little bit of rust there. You know, it, it, being in shape and being in football shape are two totally different things. Oh. Joe Thomas has said that like, yeah, I could be in shape all day, but taking hits is a different story. So, you know, you have to kind of account for that. I think the Bengals are hot right now. And if any team will not benefit from having that first round by, I think it's the Tennessee Titans because they do not have an elite quarterback. Now, when I say elite quarterback, you don't have to have an elite quarterback to, to win in the playoffs, but you have to have an above average. And I think they have that, but their biggest weakness this season has been their downfield passing threat. They can rely on Derrick Henry all day, every day, but, and I don't think that the Bengals defense is good enough to, to stop and totally contain Derrick Henry, but I think that the Bengals offense is explosive right now. So I'm going Bengals. And here's, here's, my, here's my reason for taking them. It comes down to coaching in this football game. That's fair. Totally yeah. fair. Yep. Totally fair. All right. 49ers at Packers. I got to go Packers on this. Yeah, I think I agree. I think I agree with you. They're just so good. Well, and it pisses me off because we almost beat them. On Christmas. Well, yeah. And, and Jimmy G's hurt right now. Um, yes, the, whole hand, the whole hand paranoia yeah. thing. Yeah, I don't know what that's going to look like. So I'm going to yep. go Packers. All right. Good one here. Rams at Bucks. Duh. Well, who are you taking, Allie? I'm going Bucks. Okay, this is where I this. I'm going Rams. Let's go Rams. Rams. I'm going with yeah. the Rams. Yeah. Uh, look, I think that the Rams are hot. I think they're playing great football, but I just cannot bring myself to bet against Tom Brady in the postseason. I didn't, I didn't Do know. it. Look, I, I, think I, I, I will tell you though, it looks like Tom Brady's had a little kryptonite this season, like a little, not a lot. But I'm starting yeah, to see a few cracks. I see a few cracks, not a lot, but a few cracks this season. All right, this one I really am struggling with: Bills at Chiefs. Ooh. Huh? I think this will come down to whoever has a ball last. Um, here's the thing: I was at the playoffs last year, Allie. You know, I was there. <laughs> It's a that's a tough damn place to win a football game. It's it's electric. I can tell you that a Chiefs playoff game is if if if, the, if you ever get to go to a Chiefs playoff game, 
It's something special. I'm just telling you. Browns playoff game. Well, again, with a brown, you know, know what I'm saying. Watchers. I have to see it. I have to say it. It just comes Allie, out. You know what I meant. Now she's using her words against me. Look at this guy. <laughs> um, I gotta go Chiefs, and I think it'll be Chiefs by three. I'm gonna go Chiefs by three. Okay. I'm gonna go Bills. Woo! I guess I might have a clean sweep on this week. I love it. I might. Okay, the Titans are the Me whole too. Team. I mean. What? Same. I might have a clean sweep. I, uh, I, I feel like my picks are solid. I got hot takes this week. I don't know. Maybe. Don't yeah, know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, look, when I when I think of this game, all I can picture right now is um, Stefan Diggs standing outside of the Chiefs um, ce- celebration after the um, – the championship game where he's standing with his hands on his helmet and watching the celebration. And I think that they have a lot to play for. Uh, they have a lot of fight in them. And I, I do think that they have a better overall defense. Um, now I think this is going to be a shootout. I, I do think that this is going to be a highly, a high powered offensive game. Josh Allen is just on fire right now. He's just yeah. on fire. Devin Singletary. What a, like he stepped up in a big way. I'm going to go Bills. Gut feeling. Don't know why. All right. I, I, I can go with that. But I do think it's going to be the Chiefs, unfortunately. And also, you can't have a clean sweep because we both saying, Well, no, because if I take the the Titans, Rams, Chiefs, I could like, I, I, it could be a nice wash there, like three, like three, three zip on something like that. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Again, I'm two and five. I should just, you know, keep my powder dry. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right, Dustin, any closing thoughts as we wrap up a beautiful Wednesday evening? Yeah, if anybody's never picked up on this, Allie's very competitive. Just so you know, this is a thing. So she enjoys winning. Um, <laughs> well, don't we all, though? Let's be honest. Don't we all like winning? Um, no, Allie, uh, just everybody have a great week. Um, unfortunately, we're having to watch the playoffs. It just pains me at times to know that we're not in there. I do feel good things are coming in the future, so I try to stay bright. I don't think the the world is ending in, in Cleveland, Ohio. I think the Browns will come back madder and happier next year. So, yeah, we shall we shall see. Uh, it sucks to watch it um, without the Browns in it, but you know what? It is what it is. And uh, hopefully, I'm gonna root for the teams that I picked to win. That way, I can just solely be Dustin. Guys, with that, stay Whoa. safe, stay healthy, and as always, Browns fans, go Browns. Go Browns. It's taking a minute to end this broadcast, so if you're still on with us, sorry.